Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you guys once again for joining the Nine Innings Podcast hosted by yours truly, Kevin Thompson, founder and CEO of Nine Innings Capital Group. Thank you guys for joining us. As I always say, subscribe to the channel. As I always say, go and get my book, MLB to CFP, live on Apple Books. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at 9innings at 9icapgroup.com or you can go to the website, which is www.9inniescapitalgroup.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube station here on our YouTube channel, which is 9 Capital Group, the 9 Innings Podcast. You can also go to the 9 Innings Podcast on iTunes and type in 9 Innings Podcast and listen to our audio version. As you know, we're here to do what? Educate, empower, and engage. And today we're listening to, or we're talking to, we're interviewing the ambassador of Quan, my agent, Mr. Tom O'Connell from O'Connell Sports Management. Let's get it. We have Tom O'Connell from O'Connell Sports Management, the ambassador of Quan, one of my favorite, favorite human beings. He was there when that happened, when I was in the big leagues with the New York Yankees, and when I played in the Futures game. I remember those days. Tom O'Connell, welcome to the show, my friend. My man, KT, what is up, buddy? So proud of you. So proud of all the things you've accomplished personally, professionally. Um, just happy to be here, buddy. Man, I'm happy to have you, man. I just want to say you have done so great with the business, O'Connell Sports Management. I mean, you've taken it from a couple of guys like myself trying to come up, and I will tell you that you've put a lot of time and energy on guys like myself who, and I, and I have to say this, we didn't make you a lot of money at that time, but, but this is the kind of relationship that you're going to get from, from a guy like Tom in, in, in my world. I mean, we're still friends. We still yep. uh, uh, talk to one another, and, and, and sure. again, this is it's almost like the Jerry Maguire, right? <laughs> it's almost like Jerry Maguire, man. That's and it. you're that guy to me, and I appreciate it, man. Uh, like I said, buddy, first of all, thank you. It's very flattering. And look, I, you know, again, I think that's always been my philosophy uh, in this business is that, you know, the relationships are the biggest part of, of it, what we do. And, uh, you know, again, I think that, you know, the one thing I've always tried to do is, is make sure that I treat you the same as the first day I recruited you, you know what yes. I mean? And, and, you know, obviously the one thing I'm, I'm very proud of is that I still to this day have, you know, friendships with, you know, all the guys I've represented. Um, and, uh, and that's great, you know, because, uh, you know, um, it's, it's uh, an honor and a privilege to be able to be in the foxhole with you guys. And, uh, and for when you choose us and you know, trust you with, uh, with your career, um, that is a very um, thing that I hold dear to my heart and, and want to make sure that, you know, you feel that you've always got top notch, representation um all the time that you played as a, as a professional baseball player absolutely and you did that man because i mean we try to give you those bullets you always say you got to give us ammunition to go and fight man and we did we i did as much as i possibly could man and i appreciate what you did so let's this is a financial podcast right this is sure. my company nine innings capital sure. group this is a financial sure. podcast so i want to kind of get into the financial side of things sure um so the industry in itself has changed uh how, like, for example, let's start with the draft. Like, how has the draft changed over the past several years from when I was there, like, in 2000, 2001 to now? 
Well, the system changed in 12 when it went to the, to the draft pooling system, right? So, so basically now each club is allotted a certain amount of money um, to operate with, you know, in the first 10 rounds. And then, you know, after the 10th round, they, if they saved any money um, on the first two days, they can, they can still use that money uh, to overpay, you know, a, a, a player on the third day. So, you know, they're very methodical about how they go about using their, their bonus pool money. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, really, um, I would say that high school players have the most leverage um, coming in the draft now, how it works, because, you know, if you are committed to go to college, then you're always going to get the club's best bullet. So if they feel, you know, you're a good student and, and, you know, for example, you have a scholarship to LSU or Florida or Florida state or, you know, Miami, um, you're, uh, you have a lot of leverage, you know, if you don't get, you know, what financially you're looking for that you can forego and, and, and go to school. So um, I think that, you know, um, age is a big factor, you know, yeah. the younger you are, the more empowered you are. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so those are some of the things I think that, you know, um, back in the day when you were playing, um, you know, the draft was 40, 50 rounds and there was no bonus pool system. So, you know, a club could be aggressive in the draft and, you know, for example, give a guy, you know, $2 million in the 20th round. And, you know, nowadays that that's pretty much fallen to the wayside because ultimately, um, you know, most of the pool money is spent on the first two days of the draft. Well, so you said it like back in the day before HD, right? Before, before Twitter, you know, a lot of these things, you got 50 rounds and now you have what, about, what, 20, 15, 20, 20. rounds? 20, yeah, 20 rounds. Yep. Wow, man, that's that, that that's a huge, huge difference, man. Uh, so, in regards to that, is it is it is it tougher to negotiate, or is it just like, hey, your slot one, this is what you get; your slot two, this is what you get? Or is there any negotiation tactics involved in that? No, I mean, look, I think it just really comes down to um, the type of player you're negotiating for. So, for example, um, if you have you know a high-profile high school guy, you know you can kind of set the number you know, based on, you know, his expectations. And then, you know, ultimately you can either dig in, you know, which um, you, you, you can do, or, you know, uh, the, the player can go to college, right? Yeah. So now for a college player, um, you know, if he's a sophomore eligible, for example, and has another year, you know, another couple of years of eligibility, you can be more aggressive for that guy. But if you got a junior um, that, you know, basically his only leverage is going back as a senior, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the clubs really don't pay seniors all that well. Yeah. So you really have to understand how to navigate the board and make sure that, you know, for example, if, you know, a club offers you, you know, a deal in the second round and you turn it down, you better have a landing spot for your guy, you know, in back of them, you know, yeah. you know, down, down the board. And if you don't, you, you don't read that properly, you could ultimately cost, you know, a player a lot of money. So, um, that's a very important part of what we do. We have to, you know, understand what teams are in play, um, which allows us to, you know, make good decisions when it comes to, you know, accepting or declining, you know, certain offers. Yeah. You've been in this business for a long time. I mean, I mean, I've, I've been there with you from, from, from started from the bottom. Right. And, 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 and all of that. My question now is, what is what do you see the main difference between a guy like myself who never made, made it to his first big league contract versus the guys that do like like what like you you see it all all the time and you and you've negotiated big contracts for those guys. 
Like, what, what do you think the main difference is from a guy like myself who, you know, I was a top prospect at a point and, and I did get an opportunity maybe a little bit, but maybe not because of certain circumstances. What do you see the, the difference, the main differences there? I think you hit on the head opportunity. I mean, you know, you came up with the New York Yankees, right? So, you know, every most, you know, I would say 75% of that roster was making multi-millions of dollars, right? <laughs> and, you're make, and you're making the minimum salary. So like um, for you to, you know, basically, you know, establish yourself and, and hold a position on that roster, you'd have to play, you know, extremely well, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so, and then the problem with that is, is that, you know, in a situation like that, you're getting very limited opportunity because, you know, when you're playing with guys like, you know, Sheffield and, and you know, Bernie Williams and, and players of that caliber, um, you know, where are the at-bats for you? Where are the at-bats for you to establish yourself? You're going to get an occasional, you know, bat off the bench or maybe a start on a day game where, you know, so you have to take every advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, most of the time when those guys are getting days off, you're, you know, they're fa they, they take a day off when they have to face, you know, Clemens or Verlander <laughs> or, you're Kershaw, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, you know, Skip, so Joe, I, I could really use a day here. Oh, you, you don't want to face Verlander? Okay, no problem. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Hey, KT, go grab that. You're in oh. there today, left field. You oh, my so, God. So, you know, again, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, opportunity, timing, health, um, those are all major factors. You know, again, I, I look at, you know, a guy, you know, in my career, I've had two guys that have never been optioned to the minor leagues other than injuries, you know, assignments. And that's Luke Gregerson and Wade Miley. And, you know, those guys from the day they got to the big leagues, they never went back other than, you know, injury, you know, deals that they had to deal with. But, you know, that's astonishing considering I've represented, you know, over 50 major league players. So um, it just goes to show you that, you know, clubs value options. They use them to their advantage all the time. And, you know, as a player, a young player, you know, you're always worried about that. You're always worried about, looking over your shoulder, you never really get, you know, I, I think the biggest thing the clubs make, the mistakes that they make is they don't give, you know, players, young players, you know, the, the lay of the land, like, hey, listen, you're going to start, you know, once or twice a week, we'll give you a, the night before that you're going to be getting in there. Um, and so that way you're allowed to create some type of routine because I think, you know, baseball players are very big on routine and, oh. you know, and they just, they don't allow young players to do that. The good ones do, the good ones you know, um, some, you know, clubs are very good about, Hey, you're going to, you know, I remember when, you know, Terry Francona was, you know, managing Nick Green in Boston. He would always tell Greeny the, day, the night before, Hey, you're in there tomorrow. You know what I mean? And, and, and it made Nick a lot, you know, it was, it was really good because Nick was able to get in his routine and knowing, Hey, I'm playing the next day. So I need to get to bed early, wherever the case may be. But, you know, a lot of guys don't, you know, get that opportunity and, and they just, so it's like, hey, you get to you show up to the field and oh, you're in there today, you know, and it just never gives the player an opportunity to, to really get, you know, you know, into his routine to where he knows he's facing, you know, a big time number one starter or number two starter. And, you know, it, again, it's tough. I mean, it's tough facing those guys anyway, but, you know, um, that's my and, and as far as on the flip side with the pitchers, same thing, you know, you get called up, you fly from Tacoma to, to New York and, you know, and, and all of a sudden next thing you know, they say, hey, you're, you're, you're uh, you know, you're hot today. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, well, I just flew, you know, the time change of five, five hour flight from Seattle to New York. Um, you know, but again, they just, they just, I don't think some, some of these clubs do a very good job in, in managing that aspect of, of a player's, you know, routine. I will tell you that you're a hundred percent accurate on that because while I was playing, you know, when I was, when I was hot, when I was hot as a pistol and I was doing all these things in these leagues, 
I, it's because I woke up, I had a routine every single day and my brain could focus. It, 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 there was no extra energy being used anywhere else. And then when, when I, when I got moved up to a certain, another level, now I'm trying to figure out where am I going to stay? What am I going to, what am I going to eat tonight? What am I going to do? And now I'm focused on all these other things. I can't even focus on the game because I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen with Kevin Thompson in life, just in general. I will sure. tell you one thing, when I got to the big leagues, it, it, the routine kicked back in. It was like, okay, I got, you gave me, Mr. O'Connell gave me a place to stay. Thank you for that. in <laughs> the big apple. Uh, I can, hey. Hey. Hey, had a, had a routine, man. You're absolutely right. We are anal retentive. We need to have the same thing yeah. happen every single day. Yeah, because I mean, you know, look, there's only 700, you know, there's only a little over 700 major league players in the world, right? Yeah. So, like, ultimately, you know, you should be treated as such, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, um, they they forget that. You know, they forget that this is a really hard job. That this is, you know, takes tremendous, you know, dedication and and you know, and, and again, it's like, you know, you're doing, you know, things that not anybody can really do. Like you're, you're a major league baseball player. So, um, you know, that, that in itself is just a tremendous accomplishment, but then trying to stay and establish yourself and, and get the salary arbitration and get the free agency. Um, that's a very, very tough road. And, you know, it, 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 it with a lot of, you know, my, you know, minefields along the way. So, I mean, I think that, you know, um, you know, the, the good ones, the guys that really understand, how to manage players. They, they, they take that to consider into consideration when they're, you know, writing their lineup card or giving notification of when a guy's going to get in there. And, and I think the ones that do really well, the ones that are the most successful. Oh, you mean, I, I don't, I don't have to go to Boston and then look at the lineup card. Cause you know, I always have to start from the bottom where <laughs> guys start from the bullpen, make sure I'm still there. Oh, yeah. I'm in there. I'm in there today. I'm facing Josh Beckett. Uh Oh, I got yeah. myself ready. <laughs> go get him. Go get him. Watch out for that 98 mile an hour heater under your chin. Oh my gosh, man. Hey, this has been a great conversation. 90s Capital Group. Thank you. Hey, thank you for joining us. I got a couple more questions for you, man. Sure. Like, Fire away, buddy. Um, what so so what made you go into being a sports agent? Like what when, when did you say, you know what, this is the, this is what I want to do? Was it something that in college? Was it in, was it in, was it in high school? Like wh where, where did this idea come about? No, honestly, um, you know, John Morgan, the, the famous personal injury attorney down here in Orlando. Um, he started a sports agency in 1997 with uh, Nick Bonacani. Nick was a PI lawyer that worked for him. And obviously Nick was the son of the famous football player, Nick Bonacani senior who played for the Miami Dolphins was on the, on the, the world, you know, the undefeated team. So like, you know, they, they want to start a sports uh, agency and they did. It was called Bonacani and Morgan sports. They started in 1997 and um, I knew John from other businesses. And, and so, you know, they were looking for someone to, um, you know, work in the baseball space and sign, you know, you know, established, uh, you know, a startup firm, so to speak. So, you know, they offered me an opportunity to, you know, recruit um, baseball players, minor league baseball players, because we were a startup. So we were only going to focus on the draft or we weren't going to focus on the major leagues because we wanted to like, yeah. you know, get the lay of the land and learn the business. And so that's how I started, you know, in my first, um, out of that first group of players I signed in 97, 98, uh, was Tim Redding. Tim was one of my first um, major league players and Tim got to the big leagues in 2001 and I got certified through the players association. And, and uh, that's kind of when I really started, honestly, you know, as far as like my journey to mm -hmm. where I am today. And, and uh, I befriended a, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Fennell, who was the assistant general counsel at the, at the players association. And Jeff was awesome. And 
you know, I would talk to them like once or twice a week, just about, you know, collective bargaining questions and how to navigate this and navigate that. And he was the one who really kind of taught me, you know, the, the, um, the business aspect of, of doing this job. And, you know, then once, uh, you know, he left the union in 2010 and uh, he started a consulting firm to work with agents and salary arbitration and grievances and things of that nature. And so um, I was his first call and he said, I'd love for you to be my first client. And that was the year I you know, founded O'Connell Sports Management. And Jeff has been my attorney ever since. And, you know, we've done, um, you know, a lot of great work together. We've handled, you know, many salary arbitration cases. And he's always been my, my counsel when it comes to dealing, doing free agent deals. So, you know, I've been very blessed to, uh, to have that kind of friendship with Jeff and, you know, professional and personal, he's a great guy. And, and uh, you know, he's worked with a lot of different guys, but ultimately he was a very instrumental part of, you know, me um, staying in the business and being successful in business. And, and John Morgan was the guy who gave me my start in the business. Awesome, man. And you've done an incredible, incredible job. I remember going to places with you, going to John Morgan's house. Uh, I think, I'm not sure what it was a Christmas party or whatever kind of party it yeah. was, but it was extravagant sure. stuff, man. It was, it was sure. awesome. Hey, last question, man. Last question. What is your favorite part of the job that you do on a daily basis? Like what, what, what do you enjoy? Is it the travel? Is it just seeing a guy that you're playing like that, that your guy do very well in the game. So what's your favorite part of this? I think, you know, there's several, several parts of it. I mean, number one is I, this is a big part of it. Like, you know, staying in touch with clients that I had for many years that were still dear friends to this day, that really matters to me. I think that the relationships I've built, you know, along the way in this, in this job have been um, hopefully lifetime friendships for me that, you know, I, I value tremendously. And then, you know, and then it's just being able to do good work. I mean, I think it's, you know, understanding how the process work, works, understanding um, the, um, the, mecha the mechanisms of, of negotiating, you know, good contracts. I think that, you know, once you, you, you hit, hit it out of the park for a player, mm -hmm. he'll always remember that. And, and you've changed his life and you've changed his family's life. And I think that, you know, when you do, you know, when you really um, are committed to doing great contracts and doing solid work and building that tremendous rapport with your players, you're always going to be successful. And, and I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is that, you know, I fight for every dollar. I, I you know, I understand when to do a deal and not to do a deal. Um, you know, understanding that it's not always about every dollar. Sometimes, you know, if a player, you know, wants to be in a certain city or wants to play for a certain club, you know, you just try to maximize that situation. But ultimately it's not, you know, Hey, I want to, you know, I want you to sign, you know, in another city because it's more money. You got you to read the room, you know, and I think that the one thing I've done you know, throughout my career is read the room well, you know, and, and I've always tried to listen to my guys and, and, and you know, it's, it's about them. I work for you. I work for the player. And my job is to make sure that I present all this stuff and all every opportunity correctly and properly and then let the player ultimately make the call on where he wants to go and where he wants what's best for his family. And I think that that's the thing I've, I feel like I've done very, very well throughout my entire career and continue to do. And, and, you know, and, and again, but I think that ultimately this is a relationship business and I value my relationships throughout the, throughout the industry. Much like your business is a relationship business. My business here at 980s Capital Group is also a relationship business and a relationship that you and I have had over the past couple of decades at this point, it's been a wonderful, wonderful treat, man. I appreciate you. Tom O'Connell, O'Connell Sports Management, 
my guy that, that saw both of these things happen. Thank you for everything you've done. The ambassador of Quan, my man. Hey, thank you for joining the show. KT, so proud of you, buddy. So uh, again, I just can't, can't uh, tell you how proud I am of everything you've accomplished professionally, buddy, and, and obviously you're, you're with your family. So love you, my man. Just stay stay true to, to, be, to be Rod Tidwell, man, because you are Rod Tidwell. The <laughs> hey, hey. Show me the money, man. Show me the money. Show me the money. Congratulations. All right, man. Have a good day, man. Stay safe. See you, buddy. Bye. Yeah. Once again, thank you guys for joining the 9A's podcast. As you always know, we are here to do what? Educate, empower, engage. And today we talked to a legend in the game, to Mr. Tom O'Connell of O'Connell Sports Management. And enjoy your holidays. Enjoy everything that comes to you. We are here as a family member, as a friend, as a person, as a team that wants to be able to give you guys the opportunity to uh whether it be retirement planning or anything in between. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for being loyal subscribers. Thank you guys for the subscriber growth. Stay humble, stay safe. We'll see you next week.